What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Don't let the ghost in the What's up, you guys, and welcome to episode 34 of Cinema Slab. I'm your Scream Queen, Anna. I'm your Gorgal, Hannah. I'm your favorite little brother, Hannah. And we are continuing our Slabathon tonight, our October shenanigans, and we are asking each other what our favorite scary movies are. We're discussing our top five favorite horror movies, and I'm really excited to get into them. There were not, like, this isn't like a one through five ranking. We're not reviewing them. It's yeah. just us talking about our five favorite horror movies. It, you know, for it can be for whatever reason they're yeah. our favorites. But yeah, there's really no yeah. rhyme or reason, you know, as to how we're rank, we're putting them in our top five. This is just yeah. our fi- our favorite. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, we're gonna try to be as spoiler free as possible because, like I said, we're not really reviewing anything. But yeah, if you hear us name one, then, you know, and you haven't seen it, I would uh, err with caution. Yeah. (laughs) Just in case. Yes. So let's go ahead and get started with number five. Who wants to go first? Hunter, you go first. Okay, I guess I will. So the way I did my list was kind of weird. Uh, I was like Hannah at first because she was telling me earlier this week how she had yeah. to like she had so much trouble narrowing yep. it down, so she had to technically pick ten movies and then she took away five. I told her that <laughs> that was my yeah, idea. No, that's what yeah. she that's what she told me. She said that was your idea, but what I did was I did five picks and I did five alternates. Okay, so. If, you know, for whatever reason, you know, in a world, let's say my pick didn't exist, but the other one did, then that would be my pick. So. Okay. Number five, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to represent my Italian with some Lucio Fulci. I'm going to go with the Beyond. Very nice. I knew one of them was going to be in there. I just wasn't sure which one. And my alternate was, of course, Zombie. Okay. Very nice. Uh, Very nice. The but the reason why I picked the Beyond over Zombie is because the music. Mm. I just love the musical score in the Beyond because like it is so ethereal, mm-hmm. and it fits the cosmic horror vibe that Fulci was trying to catch because like you get that slow somber, dark opening of that movie, and then like just the theme song kicks in and, and it's just this smooth, almost calming tone, and it's just like. I just watched this poor man, like, you know, <laughs> and now, like, you're, you know, you're hitting me with these, like, you're hitting me with this kind of music. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, I know how yeah the gore feel. in that movie is, mm, yeah. oh, God, so And good. that's another reason why I had to pick it over Zombie, because as much as I do love Zombie, The Beyond is by far the gorier film yeah, of the sure. two. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say that The Beyond is kind of one of Fulci's weakest because it really doesn't have a quote-unquote plot. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've said it earlier, I think in the Inception episode, I'm just kind of used to weird plots. 
Me you know, too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. You know, yeah. being an anime fan, like you have to be able to embrace the weird. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not going to get past a whole lot in anime. Well, but... I feel like to be a horror fan too, yeah, you, you have do. to be yeah, able exactly. to embrace the I weird. I think that's why. I think that's why if you're a huge anime fan and you don't like horror, you know, I highly suggest you give it another shot because they do go hand in hand quite often. Marley's been getting into anime lately. She started watching My Hero Academia on Hulu. Oh, that's one of the few I haven't watched. I mean, Hunter showed me a couple that I liked. But I tried, to, I had an ex one time try to get me into One Piece, and I could not get into it to I'm save actually my getting life. into. I'm actually getting into One Piece because of the Netflix show. I've been kind of looking well, into it. Well, I, yeah, I kind of would like to watch the Netflix show. But. I don't I don't think the Beyond is really hard to follow if you go into the mindset of it's not really plot heavy, but there is a story. I mean, as <clears throat> there is a progression of events throughout the movie, and while, yeah, that may not make sense at first, upon other viewings of this movie because this is really one you can't just watch once and then just never pick up again is that the one i said i needed to watch again to get it better i think so yeah yeah. it was either that or city of the living dead but i was like i couldn't rank it higher because um you just needed to watch i needed to watch it i needed to watch it again i think it was the beyond because you watched that here yeah I yeah, think. I it think was it was the first might've... time watch, and we were kind of you yeah, know, just that's hanging what it out, was. probably talking, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, the reason I put zombie on there was because I feel like it has the far better story. Uh, yeah, of the two. it does have. For, a good story. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> because I mean, even if you, I mean, technically, zombie and City of the Living Dead probably have the best Fulci storylines as yeah. far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. But I think Zombie just edges out in front of all of the competition in Fulci's library because I mean, there is hints of the Beyond in there. Like you can kind of see how the Beyond like became what it was through this movie. But not to say that's a bad thing at all. I think you know there are aspects good to both films. That's why I had an all I had had to pick alternates because I just couldn't decide between the two. Yeah, they both have their pros and cons. But yeah, number five, the Beyond for me. Hell yeah, cool. Who wants to go next? So I shall give the torch to our guy. Oh, okay. So Hunter just decides that I go next. No, no, no. That's the rule. No, that's fine. If you have to start out there, you have to pick who. (laughs) All right, that's fine. So for my pick number five, I picked Hellraiser. Okay. Um, Dan throwing me with a twist right off the bat. (laughs) I knew it was going to. Honestly, I I didn't surprised. That's um, awesome, though. I didn't Uh, even consider Hellraiser. Man. So, like Hunter said, so I just to kind of give y'all a sneak peek into my life, I really struggled this week trying to pick five horror movies. And. I messaged Anna, like, we voice message all the time because we're besties, and so I voice messaged her, and I was like, you know, I'm really having a hard time. I'm kind of thinking about what you and Hunter are going to pick, and I know I shouldn't be, but I kind of am, and then um, just also, I was just having such a hard time narrowing it down because I, the way I explained it to her was, like, when you're a little kid, and like, you pick one stuffed animal over the other, and you're afraid that other stuffed animal yeah. is going to get, like, That's a great analogy, mad though. at you or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just don't want to do any movies injustice that I absolutely, absolutely love. And, yeah. But, so, what Anna, are. yeah, what Anna told me to do was, uh, you know, pick 10 at first and then just kind of narrow, narrow them down. Mm-hmm. 
uh, to my favorites and um, to you know my top five. By the way, if you and, did, if you we can discuss our extra five, yeah, kind of like Hunter's doing yeah. because I also did ten total. So um, I hope I can remember because I wrote them down at work, but I didn't bring them with me. But um, so yeah, I I had to pick Hellraiser because. I don't really exactly, I don't remember who I watched this with. I know it was like later on in life because um, I showed it to Hunter mm-hmm. when he watched it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I showed it to Ashley. Was it you and Ashley that were here when we watched it? And she was just like, what the heck? <laughs> she's like, you know, um, yeah, she was just like, what? And she's just not used to that kind of horror, but... I just remember when I watched it, it had such an impact on me. The gore in it was so awesome. Yeah. I just, um, just like the hoops or whatever going in, the hooks, hoops, <laughs> the hooks, like going into the skin and it like showing it, like tearing the skin away from the body yeah. and just like Frank just being disgusting the whole first half of the, you know, just seeping and like coming back to life and just, oh my gosh. I mean, and then you have Pinhead, just amazing. Doug Bradley is him. I mean, just haunting, dude. He's sketchy. Yeah. He's pure evil. He's the absolute opposite of Christianity, Jesus. Like, that's what that is trying to represent. Like, and then, you know, I was thinking about it. Um, one of the parts, like, at the very end, when Fr- uh, Frank says, Jesus wept. He's saying that because Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, you know, he was crying Mm -hmm. for humanity and he felt bad for the devil doesn't feel, you know, that side of it. They, they long for suffering. Like they, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as Pinhead says, you know, tears are, I think he says, uh, you know, no tears. That's a waste of good suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I don't know. That just hit me. I mean, the movie's just. Uh, it's just got a just a lot of good points as far as you know him being the absolute opposite of god because that's what he is he's evil i had uh, yeah i had to pick hellraiser uh so uh, yeah, yeah that's my that's my number five pick that was a, a surprise yeah, i knew it was going to be <laughs> okay well yeah like i said i also i started with 10 because i think that helped me narrow it down a lot easier um, but yeah, my number five is X. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh man. And it's, it's like, I don't know. I, some people could say, you know, this just came out two years ago and you're putting it in your top five favorite horror movies. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Because the first time I saw this, I saw it in the theater. It was just so much more than I expected. Like, I went into it thinking, you know, I was reading reviews that was saying it was like Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, and I love the slasher genre. That's probably my favorite subgenre along with zombies. And, yeah, I just feel like the portrayal of like a gritty 70s horror movie was just made. Yeah. Like Ty West just made it. You know, it felt like an old movie when I watched it. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely probably one of the best examples of somebody trying to mimic the style of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, and completely succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes the entire time Mm -hmm. I was watching that movie. Like, I was honestly expecting... 
big uh, good old Leatherface to bust out and have old Pearl be an extended relative. I know. <laughs> and what a twist, right? You know, spoilers yeah. for X, that the bad guy is this old lady. Yes. And, you know, yeah, killing people in the most gruesome ways. And nobody really expects her as well as her husband, you know. And uh, I just love the cast. You know, a lot of people might not like the sex and nudity in it, but it doesn't bother me if it's portrayed right in horror. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. I I don't feel like it was gratuitous in this by any means because we they're they're porn stars. Yeah, they're trying to make some money. They were all consenting adults who wanted to do it. Yeah. Let them fuck on camera, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I love, I love the whole cast. Um, Mia Goth, you know, obviously the standout in the whole, you know. Jenna Ortega was Jenna great. Jenna Ortega, too, yeah. And, um. Kid Cuddy, yes. In that big schlong. Oh, my gosh, I know. <laughs> he played such a good part. He was a treat. Martin Henderson is Wayne. He cracked oh, yeah. me up. Yes. <laughs> and I love when Brittany Snow's character was like, oh, this sounds like the topless car wash you were talking about, Wayne. Remember how well that worked out? And he's like, yeah, and if the IRS didn't have a damn vendetta against me, that would have panned out beautifully. <laughs> he just had so many great one-liner zingers, those great comedic moments, Yeah, you know, that lighten the mood and make you laugh. And But really, I mean, great gore. Yes. And, you know, especially, so golly, the first kill and just how bloody it is. Uh, great kills, kill, yeah. kills you don't expect, you know. And then we've got Pearl after that that was yeah, amazing. That was, that was actually one of my alternates. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, Pearl was. And then um, yeah, now we're getting Maxine next, and I can't wait oh, to see how the trilogy yeah. rounds out. And, yes, you know, I think Mia Goth came out and said recently that it's you know it's the best of the three. And yeah. and I am one of those that's I'm I'm more partial to X than Pearl. Yeah, you know, and you have people out there who are vice versa. But yeah, I love definitely. them both. I think they're both great movies. But X just really captured the that great 70s and 80s vibe of a slasher horror movie that I love. Yeah. And that's what's going to appeal to me, you know, every time. So I had to put it in there. And it's it, it's rewatchable. It's one I can put yeah. on, you know, in another room and just have it playing for something to have on in the room. I do that a lot. But, yeah, rewatchability was a big factor into my decision making as well. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. X, my number five. Heck yeah. Hunter. Awesome. Hunter for number four. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so. Matter about number four? Number four might be a little controversial. This is the one I was talking about was controversial, but uh, I'm going to have to go with the Terminator. Okay. Okay, that's not really horror. (laughs) I know, that's what I was going to say. A lot of people might not consider it a horror movie, but honestly, I really do. Because I consider it a sci-fi horror because he's an unstoppable killing machine. And he he kills a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. And, you know, he has, you know, while it's not like him, like, tearing people to shreds or anything, he is brutal and merciless. Like, he yeah. he does not hold back. <laughs> like, he, he doesn't care if it's a nightclub full of people. Like, he's going to get Sarah Connor no yeah. matter what. And if anybody gets in the way of that, he they're, they're dead, too. And this was just the first movie that I really caught in bits and pieces beforehand. But then, like, when I fully watched it for the first time on New Year's Eve, when I was, like, 10 years old, you know, it just blew my mind. I mean, it's great gore. I mean, some of the some of the effects have, you know, aged a little poorly. But I just remember, like, it just messed me up so much as a kid. Like, you know, spoilers <laughs> yeah. for Terminator. But if you haven't seen one of the best sci-fi movies ever made, then I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> true, but <laughs> very true. 
the part where like his eye was damaged in like that one attack or whatever, and he's sitting there just like picking it Dude, out. Yes, when I was a kid, I saw that it came, it was on TV, and yeah. I was flipping through channels. And I landed on that dude, and it scared the crap out of me, dude. Yeah, it it was freaky, but you know, it so, was gross too. Yeah, to satiate those who say Terminator is not horror, uh, my number four <laughs> would have to be Alien. Fair, okay. that's one of my that's... alternates from six down. <laughs> yeah. So again, the same reason why I love the Terminator is the same reason why I love Alien, but more so the Terminator for me just edges out in front of Alien because of the music. Okay. I mean, if you hear that, if you hear that, you immediately know what it's from. Yeah. I mean, Silence is a factor in Alien. Yeah, and that works to the movie's advantage, too. Right. But another reason why I love Alien, the same reason why I love The Terminator, is the concept. And it sprinkles in just enough mystery to leave you wanting more, but also gives you enough answers so when the movie ends, you're not... You feel satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel like you were completely, you know, the rug was pulled out from under you. Because, you know, the practical effects in Alien were amazing. And, you know, back then they didn't have any CGI or anything they could rely on to make this Alien look, you know, or move as good as they wanted. So it had to be a suit. Mm -hmm. And mad props to the actor in the suit. Because I'm sure, like, if the Godzilla suit actors are anything to go by... Being a suit actor is a horrific job. Yeah, I'm sure. Because they, a little fun fact about the Godzilla suit actors. The first guy who played Godzilla all the way back in 1954 had cups of sweat come off of him when he got out of that suit because it was all rubber. And he was under those hot oh God, stage lights. Like no ventilation and he's a big it. monster, so he's walking through a city and stuff's blowing up right beside him. So all of that heat just mixing in. Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine. Oh my God, I'd die. Oh my, oh, I would. You would die. Yes, oh I my would. God. I'd just melt into a puddle. Yeah, but Alien just really kind of tackles, because uh, Terminator is more uh, like an action romance. And the horror is kind of underplayed because the only horror aspect is the Terminator. Right. Where And then, you know, the future war. And, you know, what happens in the future if Kyle Reese doesn't succeed in his mission. Yeah. And, you know, but Alien uh, deals a lot in suspense. Terminator mm. really doesn't have a lot of suspense. Like, there's some moments, especially towards the end, where, spoilers, Kyle dies. And then it's up to Sarah to you know, finish off the T-800. The T- mm-hmm. And that part was really suspenseful, but Alien, like, you were, like, Ridley Scott just really captured how to encapsulate how the crewmates would feel on this mission, and I think it really translated really great through film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Alien would definitely have to be my number four if I had to pick a sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. It would definitely be Alien or Terminator, but that's not <laughs> horror, apparently. Horror. Side note, uh, um, did you see that Ridley Scott has seen Fede Alvarez's new yes, Alien, Alien movie, and he said it was fucking great. Yes, he so, said it was awesome. Ridley has spoken, y'all. I'm excited. Yeah. I, too, love the Alien franchise. Especially the first two. All right, Hannah. What's your number four? <clears throat> Good picks, Hunter. So, my number four pick is Reanimator. Fair. That's one of my alternates. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. So, I just absolutely love this movie. Of course, the first time I ever saw it, me and Hunter, here at my apartment, we watched it. 
It's a recent watch for me because I've lived in this apartment for four years, but it's absolutely amazing. Herbert West, played by Jeffrey Combs. Oh my gosh, so good. He plays a mad scientist so well because mm-hmm. um, he's also, also in From Beyond, which was one of my alternates. Okay. Um, he er, he also plays a scientist in that as well, like a crazy scientist. Um, and that movie's even maybe more off the rails than Reanimator is. I don't know. They might be tied. But both by Stuart Gordon, one of my favorite directors. This movie is just masterfully made, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, great lines in it, especially from Herbert West. Oh, yeah. Was I supposed to leave a note? Cat's dead. Details later. Cat dead. Or, or what was it supposed to say, Dan? Cat dead. Yeah. Details later. Cat dead. Details later. You know who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job at a sideshow. Get a job in a sideshow. And you know show. you've got this body carrying around this head, gory as heck. Oh. The practical and effects it's so are funny amazing. At the same yes, time. and it's so funny. Like I love horror comedies, and so yeah, this this is definitely I think. I mean, it is kind of, uh, it, it is really, really, well, there's a, another horror comedy that's really, really gory too, so. Yeah. But, but yeah, but there are some parts of it that are sad though, because, you know, her dad, uh, Barbara Crampton's character, her dad, you know, dies and they reanimate him and mm-hmm. she has to see him just, you know, oh, that, yeah. I just don't want to give too much away about it. You, you need to, if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that that had to be my number four. And like I said, From Beyond is probably my alternate for that one. Mm. Um, and that that's all, like I said, a Stuart Gordon movie and great. Um, it's got, uh, what's what's his name from Dawn of the Dead? Ken Forey. Yes, Ken Forey. It's got him in it, Barbara Crampton again. Mm-hmm. Which Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs are going to be at Horror Hell. And we bought tickets and for. And we bought tickets. We're going. So excited. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We're trying to get this one to go, but. I know Hunter needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and Hunter, like, during our um, Stuart Gordon director spotlight, he said, Big Goopy Monsters and Ken Forey. Mm-hmm. And also, any other mad scientists you, like, We've watched a few Tales from the Crypt uh, episodes since we've been yeah. on Ghoulish. Yeah, and Shout out, Logan. a lot of them take a lot of them take this, you know, mad scientist, cra- and they look just like Herbert West or act just like yeah, him. Yeah, they, they have very very reanimator vibes. Right, yeah, a lot of they have vibes. like the the reagent, you know, that's glowing. Yeah, whether it be a different color, sometimes they don't do it exactly like it, but sometimes they do. You know, the glowing green liquid and it's called reagent Mm -hmm. and then who can forget the scene where the the freaking head guy is about to eat out the girl Mm -hmm. eat out barbara crampton yeah they called it the head gives head thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) aptly titled oh man i'm sorry but one of the most comedic moments in the entire movie is when that security guard is sitting right outside that morgue and the oh yeah the doctor (laughs) the doctor's carrying his head in like a gym bag (laughs) and he's got that like uh, um science anatomy model of a head and he's got a face mask over he's got a surgeon's cap on him and he's walking in he's like and the security guard's like hey how you doing doc and he goes he says something something from the back but it sounds like it's muffled you know because Mm -hmm. he's wearing a surgical mask he's like all right yeah just go on yeah i'm like dude how do you not notice like his one eyeball just (laughs) 
I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but and this movie has like everything in it. It's got a good story. It's got drama because you got stuff going on between the couple. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know Barbara Crampton and um Dan, Dan, and then Gore, good scares. I don't know if any part of it really. The cat scared scene me, in the basement is yeah, comedic that part gold. Is pretty good, yeah. <laughs> comedic gold. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's got everything. So mm-hmm. it, it's my that's my number four. Hell yeah. Well, that is a good lead into my number four because it has Ken Forey in it. Oh, it's Dawn, Dawn of the, of the Dead. Dead. I knew it was gonna be somewhere. Yep. There. Yeah, that was one of my alternates. Uh, <laughs> is your one of your picks day? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I had both of them on my top ten list, but I ended up taking day off because then I was like, well, then I could er, divulge into a twenty top twenty five. Yeah. You know, I, I could go any, even further. So, I had to break it down that way. But, yeah, Dawn of the Dead, definitely my number four. It's got everything in it. And shout out to A Cut Above because we were just on that, reviewing that. And it was a lot of fun. And, you yes, know, one of, of Heidelberg and Jacqueline's gripes, which is a fair gripe, is that it's too long. Yeah. And But I I like that. And I Me like too. the I like the character building, especially in these zombie survival type movies and shows. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of goes back to The Last of Us. You know, episode mm-hmm. three with Bill and Frank. I needed that. Because I didn't really like Joel's character mm-hmm. until I saw that episode. Yeah. I needed that. It, that showed the humanity of Joel and what he needed to do to, to fulfill his mission. Yeah. And kind of live his life right. And, you know, so for me, who's somebody who's never played the game, that helped me understand the characters more. Yeah. And I like character building in these shows. And that's really what makes these zombie you know, end of the world shows so great is the characters. Same thing goes with Yellow Jackets. Yeah. You know, they're stranded for 18 months in the wilderness. Oh, yeah. It's survival. So it's good. fuck it. Yeah, it's great. And um, so, yeah, I, I disagree with them on that. Even I, I, I still love you guys, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. me too. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. it. It's comfort. It's got like a, you know, I, I can put it on and I know where I'm at every time I come in the room. I can, it's got, you know, one of the most iconic lines in horror history. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Yeah. Not a bad performance in the bunch. No. You know, I know a lot of people complain about the blue zombies, uh, but be damned. Yes, you know, I fucking cares. love it. Yes, me too. I love it. Uh, but yeah, Dawn of the Dead number four for sure. I had to put a zombie one in there. In my top mm-hmm. five. Of course. <laughs> Hunter. Understandable. Number three. Number three is... Bada bang. Oh, oh the howling. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, this bad boy was actually in competition with Halloween. Oh, dang. And the howling just edges out in front of Halloween for me. And mm, I know that might seem a little blasphemous because I've been watching Halloween since high school and I just saw the howling a couple years ago. I felt blasphemous on our carpenter pick because I put it last. <laughs> but again, one of my favorite subgenres is werewolves. Yeah. I have always mm, been fascinated with werewolves ever since I was a little kid. And, like, there was this cringy movie that came on Nickelodeon called My Sister is a Werewolf. I think it's what I it's called. That. And it had Victoria, was her name Victoria Justice? Was that her name? Probably. I can't remember her last name, but she was the star of Victoria's. Yeah, Victoria Justice. Yeah, so it had her in it. And that kind of really, it like sparked my interest in werewolves. 
And that's where I kind of like started to do some research and like find out like, oh, there's different types. Like there's some that can only turn (laughs) by the moon and then there's some that can turn at will and all this other Mm -hmm, stuff. So, and then like, as I got older, I heard about all these great werewolf movies. And then, you know, I, I, I can't remember what the first one was I ever watched, man. I can't remember, but I would have to say the howling is probably my favorite all time werewolf movie. Um, again, uh, a little sneak peek to a pick further down the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Rob Bottin, his practical effects yeah. are just amazing oh, yes. in this movie. And, you know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people praise an American werewolf in London. Me. And that yeah. is, <clears throat> that transformation and those special effects yeah, are amazing in their own right. But, yeah. you know, the howling is just what I expect in a werewolf. Because, you know, an American werewolf in London, he, I mean, it's sketchy looking, don't get me wrong. But he's more dog-like. He's more wolf-like in an American werewolf in London. Yeah. These are like... Oh, I mean, they barely even look like wolves, to be honest. They look like were-coyotes or something. Yeah, yeah they look scroungy. But, yeah. you know, just... I think his name is Eddie. Just Eddie's transformation towards the end of the movie yeah, is just one of the most iconic in horror history. And I feel like it doesn't get the love that it deserves. Yeah, same. Because he transforms into like this sketchy big wolf and like you know he ain't a small he ain't a small little buck Mm -hmm. i mean these things are probably like eight nine feet tall oh my gosh and it's just so crazy and then it's kind of funny because i grew up watching walker texas ranger oh yeah Yeah. same (laughs) it it, it was it was it was weird to see cd oh my god become a werewolf (laughs) and like i was like i was watching it i was watching it for the first time and then he came on and i was like <laughs> like I was like I was like rolling my eyes is like that one part in SpongeBob where Mr. Krabs takes his eyes off and goes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Who's that? I was like I was like doing that. I was like having to do double takes. I was like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess he uh, survived the movie and uh, fled to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and opened up a bar and helped out the Texas Rangers. I guess so. I guess, but uh, kidding around aside, uh, The Howling is just an amazing movie all around. You know. I mean, some people might say that the story is really not there, and I I do kind of get that to an extent because nothing really goes on. I mean, you're just kind of watching a slow descent into madness from D. Wallace's character. I forget her. I forget her name. They uh, met her. Yeah, <laughs> they met her. Of course, you know when I couldn't make it, they meet some of my favorite people. But anyway, <laughs> and I told her I said you were amazing in the howling. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, and it just has, like, such a gut-wrenching ending, like... Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. can, can I can I spoil it? Yeah, spoilers you for the howling. Okay, yeah, I've, I guess I've already, spoiled, I've already spoiled everything else, but, you know, that's just such a gut-wrench because, like, you think that her and her uh, reporter friend have escaped, and uh, earlier in the movie, the reporter's girlfriend, she got got mm-hmm. by yeah. Eddie. yeah. And, you know, she got her throat tore out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it shows everything. Like, it doesn't shy away from it. I know. Like, yeah, no. And, you know, that is just such a gut-wrenching death. And then, like, they're in the cop car and they're escaping. And then Dee gets bit on the shoulder. And then uh, her reporter friend is able to get a shot off. And he kills the werewolf. And it turns out it was her uh, husband. Mm-hmm. Yep. So her husband is the one that turned her into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, she starts transforming in front of her uh, newscast. And, like, they're on live TV. Yeah. 
And then, you know, her reporter friend, you know, like, blows her away because she asks. And, like, even when she's transforming, like, you can see her, like, crying and stuff. Mm. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was just such a gut-wrenching movie. But uh, for my alternate for number three, I'd have to go with Fright Night. Oh, yeah, Fright Night's awesome. So, the two immortal enemies of the supernatural world, vampires and werewolves, Mm -hmm. for my number three pick. You know, Fright Night just has a lot of the same things that The Howling does, but, you know, The Howling just edges out because, again, I love werewolves a lot more than I do vampires. Mm. But I think Fright Night does vampires really well, and, you know, just it has great practical effects. I don't know who did the practical effects for Fright Night, but whoever they did, they deserve an Oscar. (laughs) Especially really good. Especially uh, when his girlfriend is turned and she does that horrifying face that's on all the posters and stuff. Oh, so good. Uh, When they kill the ghoul towards the end and, like, he just melts and, like, he's just like, oh, 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 and he's just, like, gurgling and making all kinds of noises and stuff, so... It's a really great horror movie, and I think there is a little bit of nudity in there, but I honestly think it's a good gateway horror movie. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of, you know, like I said, there's really not a whole lot that the kiddies wouldn't like. And it's really interesting that at the end of the day, uh, Christianity was kind of the hero of the movie. Yeah, it was Because that one. You know... Uh, he he tells him in the movie, you have to have faith for that to work because he's able to yeah, grab the, the crucifix and throw yeah. it from his hand when they go there the first time. But then when they come back, they have faith and it actually works this time. So I thought that was a really neat touch. That kind of reminds me of Faith, the game. Yeah, honestly, yeah, they might have. Had, he might have got a little inspiration from this. Yeah, but uh, you know, just the practical effects and. Just really the story, because I saw Friday Night, I think, when I was a little bit older uh, than the main character in the movie, just by a couple of years. Mm. So I could, you know, really think, you know, oh my gosh, well, you know, what happened if I was in this situation? Right. And, you know, oh my gosh. You'd be it was sketched just. Out. Yeah, I'd be sketched <laughs> out. Hell yeah. I'd be like, look. You'd be uh, sketched look. out now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, look, there's something going on next door. <laughs> Mom, you can stay here or you can come with me, but either way, I'm going. Yep. Oh but, God! Just then, when like she invites him in, he's like, "No, don't!" I know. Oh, yeah. I know. It's like, yeah. oh, oh my God! I didn't even think about that, dude. Like that is, man, mm-hmm. that's yeah. a great alternate. I mm-hmm. love Fright Night. But yeah, number four, or sorry, number three, <laughs> I'd have to pick The Howling, and my alternate would be Fright Night. Okay. Awesome, Hannah. So my third pick is Scream. Oh yay! I knew Very that nice. Was going Very nice. Somewhere. Uh, that this movie has been an obsession of mine since I was a little kid. I I watched it. I, I don't exactly know. It came out in ninety six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was Lord. I probably watched it. I don't know. I might have watched it in ninety six. Well, no, no. Lord have mercy. I'd have been four years old. What am I talking yeah. about? <laughs> I probably watched it like maybe in ninety or uh, let's see, because you were born um, in ninety eight. I don't know. Maybe it was like the early 2000s when I watched it. I just remember I was young when I watched it. I don't remember the exact age. But I just remember it had... Oh my gosh. I'll never forget the scene. And now when I watch it, it's not as bad. But when I was a little kid... The scene where Casey is on the phone with him and he's like taunting her about her boyfriend. And then she cuts those lights on and he like guts him... And his gut yes. is like, like that. well, when I was a kid, I thought they like came out and went everywhere. Like that was just my, when I first saw that, 
I was just like, oh my gosh, I had never seen anything like it. And I just remember like being disgusted by it, but also being like, that's really cool. I don't think I had seen anything like that gory yet. And, uh, and I mean, just all the blood with Casey and her just getting stabbed so brutally. I mean, that opening is, oh my God, like one of the greatest in horror history, I think. I'm sorry, but that opening is just, mwah, chef's kiss. I'm telling you, the kill. The mom, you know, her sitting there screaming while the mom yeah. and the dad, they don't even know she's there screaming because she can't because she's been stabbed. And, oh, man. Ah. Yeah. But, yeah, just seeing that as a little kid, uh, yeah. I was so drawn in, but also just like, oh, my goodness, at the same time. But, uh, yeah, it's always been one of my favorites growing up. I have two tattoos of it. And I meant to mention I also have a Hellraiser tattoo, too. Mm -hmm. But... So, I mean, these movies mean a lot to me, and I had to pick it also for nostalgia, and I mean, it's just been, it's just been a favorite for so many years, and it's not one that I've ever grew tired of, or, you know, if somebody tells me they haven't seen it, you know, our friend Tia hadn't seen it, and I was like, oh my gosh, you have to watch it now, like, how have you not seen this movie, like, oh my gosh, even if you don't like horror, like, I feel, I don't know, I just think that's just like a movie anybody has to see, Mm -hmm. but... I know not everybody feels that way. Um, I don't... <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. I don't re-watch movies like as much as Hunter and Anna do. Because uh, that's also, I think... Or Anna was saying that's also why she was thinking it was harder for me. Because mm-hmm. me and Hunter uh, because, do re-watch yeah, a lot of the same they stuff. They do. And, yeah. And she doesn't really. Yeah. I mean, I've watched Scream like a million times, but... It's be it's either been like, you know, I'm showing it to somebody or, you know, it's not like I just, I mean, I guess sometimes I was probably like, hey, I'm just going to put Scream on. Right. But most of the time it's like I'm showing somebody. I'm like a person when I'm doing something in the background, I like put on YouTube or something. Yeah. I should be better about like putting on a movie. But yeah, I love it. Again, a comfort movie for me and I, it's just stuck with me for all these years. Sounds so. good. Anna? Alrighty, my number three is Silver Bullet. Oh my gosh! My third is a, a good one too. is a werewolf movie as well, Hunter. I was thinking that when you said yours. Oh, that's but, awesome. And I was debating between it and an American werewolf, but I feel like the American werewolf would go in a top 25. Um, and something, okay, something that I thought of too, Hunter, while you were talking about the howling is that I feel like people praise an American werewolf in London more because that transformation takes place on like in the light, you know, you know, the howling transformation is darker. Like it's more shadowed. It's not so in your face. You know what I mean? And that's not, that's no shade to the howling. I'm just talking about, no, 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 no. Like as far as discussions concerned. And I think that's why people, because really both of their stories are really fucking sad at the end of it, especially the American werewolf. Yeah. You know, if you David, you know, it's just, it it's is sad. sad. And there's a lot of good gore in both of them. Yeah. I will say the aspect of his, of his friend coming back and like, he's more, and he's more decayed. Yeah. Every time. That part and he, and awesome. him also being like comedic timing too yeah. and making quippy jokes was like, what? Yeah. That, yeah. that was one that my mom showed me when I was really young and it fucking scared me, but I loved it because of him. And as scary as he was, I don't know. I was, like, comfortable with him because he was funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he was telling David everything he needed to hear. You know, like, this is what's going to happen. You right. know, he was trying to he warn him. He was trying to warn him. 
Um, but yeah, so I did debate between it and Silver Bullet, but ultimately I just watched Silver Bullet more growing mm-hmm. up. So many fond memories with this movie, you know, the joke that Uncle Red tells Marty, why do you let him, or hey jackass, pour me another drink. So he pours him a drink and he keeps calling him jackass. And then he says, um, by the end of it, he says, so why do you let him call you jackass all the time? And he's like, oh, hee haw, hee haw. He always <laughs> calls me that. So that my mom and dad would let me tell that joke and let me cuss yeah. just because it was so funny. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it was just something we bonded over. So they would let me cuss and say that. You know? Yeah. Even though jackass really isn't a cuss word. But for a little kid, you know. Oh, yeah. That it's, is. it's a bad word. Yeah. You know. Kid, um, but yeah, it's one that I watched young and I introduced it to y'all. It was yeah. one you guys had never seen. And that was so much fun. Just re-watching it, it had been so long since I watched it with somebody new for the first time, kind of like a shot in the dark. And yeah. to see you guys enjoy it as much as I do, you know, that's always fun when yeah. you're watching movies with people. And um, so, yeah, that was a real treat to show Definitely. that to you guys. But it, it's it's great gateway horror. You know, there is some gruesome moments and some kind of hard-hitting uh, themes and stuff in it and the you know, we kind of talked about talked about this on night of the creek the his buddy's handicap isn't really thrown in your face kind of like it is in silver bullet you know that's kind of part of the plot yeah and the storyline yeah but it is based on a novella written by stephen king it's called cycle of the werewolf so it you know he wrote it this way and the character in the story is also capped as well. But, yeah. you know, my mom was handicapped, and I talked about this. This was, Silver Bolt was the first movie we ever reviewed yeah. on, on Cinema Slabs. And um, it was cool growing up to see, like, a hero character be disabled because I looked at my mom as a hero. Yeah. And she was disabled. And I think it was cool for her, too, to see a main character be disabled. Yeah. That was special, too, because of it. Right. But, you know, there's a twist in it. Yes. You know, all the acting is just fantastic. And, yep. I mean, Uncle Red is just a standout. Just absolute will make you laugh till your gut hurts. Yeah. But, yeah, so many fond memories. It, it's a great werewolf movie. Um, there's not really mm-hmm. much transformation, per se. There's a little bit. Yeah. But it's not like the Howling or, Amer- or American Werewolf. No. Well, the, one one thing I'll say about Silver Bullet is it knows that it doesn't have the budget for a good werewolf transformation, True. so it keeps the werewolf in the dark until he fully transforms. Yeah, you get the POV of the werewolf a lot. Yeah, and then, like, it really plays up the horror aspect when the werewolf is around and he's going around chopping beeps up. And, you know, I think... Silver Bullet, another favorite werewolf movie of mine, Bad Moon. Or I haven't seen it. Yeah, but you have not seen, seen it. it. I've been trying to get her to. Yeah, we talked about this after Dog Soldiers. Yeah. Remember, I'd never seen oh, it either. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Bad Moon, uh, <laughs> probably. While I do love The Howling, and it's my favorite werewolf movie of all time, I think Bad Moon has my favorite werewolf of all time. Oh yeah, I think you talked about this on Dog Soldiers. And you know, so Bad Moon didn't have the budget. Or, you know, for a good werewolf transformation, or they thought that they could get away with the CG. Well, the CG was god-awful. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was It was like, I think it came out in 96, too. I think it came out in the mid-90s sometime, mm. and it was just, oh, it was bad. But the director's cut actually takes out that CGI transformation part, so he oh, did nice. learn his lesson. But Dog Soldiers did the exact same thing, and that's another good werewolf movie. Mm-hmm. They knew they didn't have the budget for like big bombastic werewolf transformations but they worked around it oh yeah they did 
And, yeah. you know, Silver Bullet, I feel like, does that. I feel like it's probably the first werewolf movie to do that, you know, really effectively because they knew they didn't have the budget, but they still kept him in and they still tried their best. And that really shows through in this movie. Yeah. And it, it, it I mean, I highly recommend it for any werewolf. Oh, yeah, lover. I do too. Yeah. I love it. And it being, it's a great pick. it being Stephen King written, the thing King does best, obviously, is horror, but I feel like the next thing he does best is small town settings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he really captured that with Silver Bullet, and they really captured it in this movie, too. You know, the tension of the town, and people are, people are dying, yeah. and people are starting to crack, especially when a kid gets killed. And then yeah. every, everybody's on high alert. There's vigilante justice and, mm-hmm. you know, townsfolk going after the serial killer. They don't think it's a it's a beast of any kind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's got a great story. And oh, if you yeah. haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. We all yeah, do. Yeah, we definitely do. It's one that I, I love to watch over and over. It's good every time I watch it. Yeah. It's, it's, it never gets old. <laughs> I've anymore. watched it three times since I know. Because <laughs> Hunter couldn't watch it with us when we first watched it. And then yeah. Hannah loved it so much. She was like, Hunter, you've got to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got him to watch it, and he was like, oh, my God. I mean, you got Gary Busey in it as this hilarious uncle. Just gold. I mean, yes, gold. just straight gold. But he really loves his niece and nephew. Yes, Even so though much. they drive him fucking crazy. Yes. He's like me God. as a parent. He really is. Oh, gosh, dude. It's just so uh, But he, he really does love them at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and, and he'll do whatever he has to do to protect them. But, yeah, my, that was my number three. Hunter. Number two. Getting down to the (laughs) nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty. Number two is going to have to go to the undead with Day of the Dead. Oh, nice! I was like, the undead, what movie is that? I've never heard of that. (laughs) That's why I was looking at you like that. No, my silver spot, my bronze spot goes to the werewolves. My silver spot goes to the zombies. That's fair. I absolutely love zombies. They're what got me into horror. I've talked about this plenty of times. Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead became my first obsession, like, especially because, you know, it was so gory for it being a TV show. Like, you know, AMC in those early seasons really let them get away with a lot. And it was a family mm-hmm. show. Yeah. That everybody watched. Even kids. kids. Yeah. 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 It yeah. made horror mainstream. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, The Walking Dead, if you know anything about Romero, you can tell that Cartman took heavy inspiration from Romero, especially because he focuses on the characters. Yeah. Which kind of makes me a little miffed that George Romero said a couple years before he died that he didn't like The Walking Dead. How it was just like a soap opera with zombies. And then I'm like, dude, what are your movies then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think he might have been a little bit miffed that The Walking Dead might have been stealing a little bit of his thunder. Maybe. But I don't know. You know, I still respect. He's probably just a grumpy old man at that point. Yeah. You know, George Romero really started the zombie genre. And he's he's the entire reason we have the flesh-eating zombies coming back to life to eat us. He's the entire reason we have that. Yeah. George Romero. So... In all honesty, he walked so The Walking Dead could run. For because sure, yeah. The Walking yeah. Dead is what really propelled zombies into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because The Walking Dead was a huge show yeah. Oh, yeah. in oh, yeah. the early and mid-2010s. Man, the yeah. hype around that show in the early seasons was just oh, crazy. Yeah. And, like, it makes me so happy that, you know, these new spinoffs, like, each one keeps getting better and better. And it makes me so excited for the Rick and Michonne spinoff. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I know a lot of people kind of dropped off th- from The Walking Dead, but I've st- I like to stick around because, again, it's just nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. This is what got me into horror, so I want to see where they're going with it. But anyway, I say all that to say, 
Day of the Dead really laid the groundwork for what uh, zombie or for what The Walking Dead was going to become, mm-hmm. and you know just the music, the cast, just the utter hopelessness. Like Dawn of the Dead was my alternate pick for number two, and it's a very hopeful movie in a zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a, that's kind of a weird thing, especially for Romero because all of his other zombie movies are downright depressing. Yeah. But Dawn of the Dead was kind of hopeful, you know. Like, it's, you know, uh, Anger Video Game Nerd, he said it best. Uh, he said Dawn of the Dead was the more optimistic look at what people would do in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And Day of the Dead was more of the bad side of what people would do in a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't like Day of the Dead because it has long, drawn-out scenes of dialogue, but if any Tarantino fan out there has not seen Day of the Dead, you will have no problem yeah. watching this movie. No. Yeah, it's a great movie. <clears throat> yes, it is. Because George is able to just suck you in, especially if you've seen the other two films. A lot of people say that Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead aren't really required viewings. I highly disagree because while there are no recurring characters, the story is still progressing in the background because Night of the Living Dead was the beginning. Dawn of the Dead, you know, is like right after it happened to like six months in, maybe five or six months in. And then Day of the Dead is like years after it happened, maybe like five years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, you know, the progression is there. So I highly recommend you see the other two before you see Day of the Dead. But if you de- if you decide not to do that and just jump, <clears throat> jump right in head first, uh, Day of the Dead is just amazing. Tom Savini learned his lesson from Dawn of the Dead. Uh, yeah. These zombies are like pumped up full of prosthetics. They look mangled. Like, one of my favorite zombies is, uh, I think they called him Dr. Jaw or something like that. Or Dr. Tongue. That was his name. Oh, at the very beginning? Yeah. And, yeah. like, the zombie that has the tongue fall out because his jaw was ripped off. Yeah. And, like, I think that, that mo- like, Romero is the one who really started the trend of, well, Romero and Savini, I guess. More Savini. But Savini is the one who really, like, got the aspect going of telling a story just through makeup. Because with a zombie, like I talked about before, you can make up your own story Mm -hmm. about what happened. So, like, Dr. Tongue, you wonder, like, oh, my gosh, like, did a zombie just, like, tear him apart and, like, rip half his jaw off while he was still alive? Did that happen after he became a zombie? Yeah. Yeah. It just really utterly encapsulates, you know, just the utter just hopelessness. Of what, of what we would be like in a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Because Dr. Frankenstein says in the movie, the odds, are, you know, the uh, ratio is like 500,000 to 1. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Like insane that's, number. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure that's worse than the Walking Dead numbers. Yeah. So, you know, it's just such a great movie. Yeah, it is. And it every is. performance in that movie, they just give it their all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, my one grop with the movie might be Miguel, but, you know, at the end of the day, through subsequent rewatches, I've come to understand his actions, I guess. Yeah. And why he was in that headspace towards yeah. the end of the movie. Because he's the entire reason we get the amazing zombie attack at the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I first watched it, I was like, okay, you know, he's he's the reason why we get the big bloodbath of the movie. But why would he do that? But then going back and just kind of rethinking, and I'm like, huh, you know, Romero was kind of really smart with him. Like, he kind of made you want to, like, hate him, but at the same time, you understood where he was coming from. Mm-hmm. Because he yeah. was already anxious about the zombie apocalypse. Sarah just dumped him because she couldn't handle his she couldn't handle his abuse anymore. Yeah. 
And, you know, he was just cracking and breaking. And then, you know, spoiler alert, he loses his arm. Yeah. Because <laughs> he gets bit. And, you know, I think that was one of the first... Another reason why I love Day of the Dead was I'm pretty sure that was the first time that was ever attempted in uh, anything zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Was chopping off limbs and stuff. And, you know, every time The Walking Dead does that, I feel like that's a reference to Day of the Dead. Because a zombie movie never really did that before Day of the Dead, to my knowledge. So, I just love Day of the Dead because it's just a trailblazer for the zombie genre and i don't think the walking dead would be what it was or what it is today without day of the dead especially because greg nicotero worked on day of the dead Mm -hmm. and he's responsible Mm -hmm. for most of the zombie makeup and stuff and he's the reason why i say the walking dead has what i think a walker should be like they should look disgusting and like just tore to bits but like they just keep coming at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why Day of the Dead is my number two. Yeah. The oh, yeah. gore in that movie is, again, yeah. so good. Yeah. And side Even. note, uh, go check out episode 24 for our full-length review of yeah. Day of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did review Day Even uh, Tom Savini himself said this was his master class in Splatter. So if yeah. you oh, if, yes. if the horror special effects guru himself says this is his masterpiece... You know it's going to be a good movie. Yeah. So run if you haven't seen it. <laughs> yes, rent it. It's on Tubi for it's on Tubi for free. If you can just sit through some ad breaks, it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. Just yeah. every performance, they just dial it to eleven, and oh my gosh, it's just amazing. So yeah, yeah. Gorgal number two. Okay, my number two is Evil Dead 2. Nice! Oh, okay, um, I thought that was going to be number one. Mm-mm. All right, okay. Um, So, yeah. Changing Evil- up the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Evil Dead 2, um, and, you know, another one close to my heart. Phenomenal movie. I saw it probably, um, I know I talk a lot about this on the podcast, but I kind of had a resurgence of my love for movies in, like, the mid 2010s i had moved out of my mom's house i lived with a couple friends and we didn't have enough money for cable as hunter has said before and my friend worked at a pawn shop and so we would go there and buy all kinds of movies like for like a dollar a piece you know fun fact that's where i have my or that's where i bought my copy of night of the living dead oh really cool but yeah so we would just go there and buy tons of random movies and I don't remember, I can't remember why I wanted to start watching Evil Dead, but something got me wanting to watch it. So yeah, I started out, I went in order. So I watched Evil Dead first and absolutely fell in love with it. Bruce Campbell is my man crush. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, of all time. I don't care how old he gets. Um, even in Bubba Hotep. Oh my gosh, I love him. <laughs> like he is just... I'll Lou Bone Crankshaft now. <laughs> TCB, oh baby. my gosh. TCB. TCB. TCB, baby. TCB. But yeah, I have, uh, and I got to meet him last year at Horror, or no, this year. Goodness gracious. In March. Um, yeah. yeah, in March of this year. So I got to meet him. That was super cool. I got an autographed Evil Dead uh, still book. You know, I had the Blu ray still book of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, ever since I've watched the trail, I, you know, I watched Evil Dead and then Evil Dead 2. And then Army of Darkness. Yeah, I just loved them all. But Evil Dead 2 has to be my favorite. And it had to be on this list. Because, like I said, close to my heart. Another horror comedy that is absolutely a gore fest. You know, I'm the gore gal. So, like, all mine I had to base, like, a lot of it on the gore. Yeah. But, because I just love gore. I mean, you've got Bruce Campbell. His acting in it 
if you just watch this man act in this movie, I mean, he throws himself for flips, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, th- just the character acting in it is, I mean, he just he just embodies Ash in every one of these movies, and that's why you know when I met him, I told him I was like, these movies would not be anything without you. Like he just so great. That, that spoiler, but that poor old hillbilly, he gets sucked <laughs> yeah. down into that cellar, and it's just a spout of blood. <laughs> and Bruce Campbell gets down there, and he just like he like kicks this he just kicks this bloody red skeleton. I'm like, well, there's hillbilly dude, just tore to bits. <laughs> oh my gosh! And just of course he gets the famous boomstick and the chainsaw hand. I mean, because yeah. he has to cut his hand off. That whole part is absolutely. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's gross at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's awesome. So good. And, uh, yeah. So, and I mean, you got Sam Sam Raimi directed and wrote it, didn't he? Yeah. I believe. Another one we're going to get to see at Horror Hell. I know. And Ted Raimi. I know. Oh, my gosh. It's such a great lineup. But that that's why Evil Dead 2 it had, to be, uh, had to be my number two pick. I mean, Bruce Campbell, great gore. I mean, just everything... I think everything about it is great. So oh, yeah. that was my number two, Anna. Alrighty, my number two Close is Halloween. Oh my gosh, I was not expecting that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I have to because it's one that I I watch year round. You know, and that doesn't just go for Halloween, but it goes for the entire franchise. Yeah. As far as, let's see, we'll say Halloween one, two, four, five, and H two O. Everything mm-hmm. else is kind of give or take. Um, we don't talk about the Dave Gordon Green ones. <laughs> but, uh, Man, yeah. I will sit here. I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. But I will sit here and, and praise 2018 until the day I die. I think it was a great Yeah, it movie. was good. That one was. But the, but the other two? Just yeah. Horrendous. No. Bruh, how much cocaine did you snort? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, exactly. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, it, it's definitely a comfort <laughs> movie. Just the little engine that could indie flick you know about it how it didn't cost anything to make but it was this huge smash and it basically inspired everything to come after friday the 13th you know all that it wasn't necessarily the first slasher but it really is the one that kind of paved the way for everything that came after oh yeah Yeah, for sure definitely and um, it's by far my favorite slasher movie for sure yeah it's great i mean and we got jamie lee curtis and her first big role you know, we just talked about this on our John Carpenter director spotlight. It's what made him a household name. It really shot off a lot of careers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it really did. It gave us one of the Mount Rushmore horror faces, you know, yeah. the Michael Myers mask. But yeah, it, it and it's one that, like I said, I watch year round. Yeah. And when we when we went and saw it in the theaters, it was amazing experience. Yeah, that was cool. If you ever get the chance to go, you've got to go. Yeah. And it was made for a theater experience. Um, but yeah, it it's great gateway horror. Anybody who's wanting to get into the horror genre, it's one of those you need to start with. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, kids too. It could be gateway horror. Yeah. There's it's really not, not a whole lot of gruesome. There's titties, no. you know. Yeah. Boobies. And some sexy time between Bob and Linda. Yeah. And but some not. moaning. But they can cover their eyes, cover their ears. Yeah. Everything else. The gore's not that bad. No. But, not at uh, all. It's there's very, hardly any. If yeah. We're there's not yeah, any. It's really not much. It's very stylized horror. Oh, you know? yeah. And Carpenter it's took that from Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah. And he, he really loved Hitchcock, which is why he hired Jamie Lee. Yeah. Because of Janet Lee. Right. But yeah, I loved Halloween. I will always love it. 
it'll always be a comfort and a comfort yeah. movie, and that goes yeah. for the whole franchise too. For right. the most part, me, like, me like too. I, said, I mean, I grew up, I grew up on it, like yeah. Myers. Uh, I'll probably say the first two probably have the most rewatchability for me. Yeah. Uh, because Same. the you know the first one is a masterclass in suspension, and you know people will say what they will. He's just walking. How's he that terrifying? It's not that. Yeah. Like, you know, I talked about in our John Carpenter episode, like, the reason why Michael is my favorite slasher villain is because there's Freddy Krueger, like, you know, he kills you in your dreams. Okay? We know about him. Jason, he was, you know, living in the woods or something. He died, but then he got brought back. So we know about him, but Michael... We still don't know to this day what drives him. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Loomis heavily implies, and again, why he's my favorite, like he's just evil incarnate. Mm -hmm. Like he is just the personification of evil itself. And like that's why he can never truly die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, that really sends chills down my spine far, far more than a zombie running around chopping people up with a machete and a burnt pedophile in a sweater (laughs) and a sweater and a fedora running around with a finger claw. And I'm not saying anything about those guys. I love them all in their own right. Yeah. But Michael just has that extra mystery to him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why he's my favorite slasher villain. And can, you know, can we just talk about the mask? Yeah. And how it was such a simple change, but mm-hmm. it became one of the most iconic, iconic horror things. masks yes. in history. So iconic. Yeah, so iconic. It's just, it's so crazy to me because, like, that mask, you think wouldn't look that terrifying. But all they did was just paint it white mm-hmm. and then just yeah. take off the eyebrows. Yeah. And it is so creepy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, yeah, I will have to agree with Anne 100%. This is good gateway horror. There's no, there's not a whole lot of gore. Uh, there are some boobies, but there's really only between Bob and Linda. I mm. think. Besides that, once you get them through that scene, there's really nothing else. It's all just suspense. And you know, I think it has one of the best ambiguous endings in horror history. And I think John Carpenter, if he decided not to continue Halloween with Michael Myers, the ending to the first one still would have been a banger. Yeah. Because yeah. you know he goes. He looks out there and like you just see the color drain from Loomis's face, and like Michael's just gone. gone. And then like as the credits roll, you hear, <sighs> yeah, <sighs> like he's running away. Yeah. So like he obviously lived through the I shot him six times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he lived through all that. But you know, it, it's just it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. So, Alrighty, yeah, we're at our number ones. I think I know what Hunter's is going to be, maybe. Yeah. I'm repping it right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we knew it. Yeah, we knew it. So, my pick goes to Man is the Warmest Place to Hide. Dun, dun, dun. 1982's The Thing is my number one pick for my all time favorite horror movie. That's a good pick. And if anybody has any questions, I, I just tell you to watch the movie. Yeah, <laughs> because you know, as you know, you know, I really don't talk about it a whole lot. I really should, but I'm kind of an amateur writer myself, and I love the reason why I love movies, especially yeah. good movies, is because I just love the story structure. Mm-hmm. And the thing, by far, has one of the best horror movie scripts I think ever written. I don't care what anybody says. I will die on that hill. People can fight me over it. (laughs) Like, from beginning to end, you have no idea what's going on. You are just as confused as the characters. 
and the paranoia throughout is just so palpable you could cut it with a knife. Yeah. yeah. Like it is insane how intricately woven this movie is and how people don't really have many gripes with it. They just have a lot of theories about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like a lot has like a lot is implied. Mm-hmm. You know, like how did, you know, how did the thing get to the blood bags? Well, you heard Windows drop the keys when he saw Bennings being taken over. Yeah. So, you know, there's all kinds of little intricate details. And, like, they tried to tie up as many loose ends as possible. And, like, every single time, like, they go out to do something. Like, for example, when I think his name is Nalls. I think that's the name of the cook. When Nalls and McCready go out to McCready's shack because, you know, they're just sitting there talking. And he goes, no, me and Nalls are going to go up to my uh, cabin. And uh, and Niles goes, what for? And then like McCready just nonchalantly says, because when I left yesterday, I cut the lights off. And you just cut to his cabin and the lights are on. Yeah. So sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, just the little like sprinkled throughout, just the dialogue that just creeps me out was because when they go to see Blair and he's got the noose tied up Mm -hmm. and he opens the door, he goes, I hear things out here. Bad things. And he's like, I'm, I can assure you I'm much better. Please let me come back inside. Mm. But you find out that door can be open from the inside, but it can be open from the outside. Yeah. So if something wanted to get to Blair, it could. Yeah. But he couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. So just the master class in suspense and paranoia and then just the twists and turns because like it keeps you guessing up until the very end. When they get down into the uh, tool shed, and then they see that Blair has been building a spaceship to get a like to get off, you know, Earth finally, and you finally realize why he's been up to this whole time. Mm-hmm. And then you know, just that ending, like you know, it's just such a gut punch when characters realize they're not going to make it out. Yeah. But then, like these guys have the grit to say, "We're not making it out alive." but neither is that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like these poor guys, you know, nobody's ever going to know what they did for Earth. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever going to know what they did for humanity. It just sucks, but at the end of the day, they know that's what they have to do. Yeah. McCready is probably one of my favorite uh, protagonists in any horror movie because, like, any time he does not trust anybody throughout this entire movie between him like being uh left out in the snow and then him busting in with a bundle of dynamite saying anybody that tries to get me the whole camp goes like Mm -hmm. and like you know he's serious yeah yeah and like everybody suspects poor old mccready until another thing busts up and mccready has the most greed out of all of them because he is the one who is leading this whole charge and he's like no we need to do this this way and do that that way Mm -hmm. and every single time they don't do something like he says it backfires and one of them winds up dying but just everything in this movie from the music to the gore to just the the script writing Mm -hmm. i think everything in this movie is just impeccable it's a masterpiece yeah it it truly i i believe i truly alternates yeah i truly believe it is john carpenter's masterpiece yeah and while i still do love films of his that came out after this I feel like this was, you know, his magnum opus because yeah. you can tell he really just loved the old school monster movies from the 50s and that really translates over to this movie. Yeah. And yeah, just the thing, my number one favorite <laughs> yeah. horror movie of all time. Called it. Yep. I just wish that when it came out, people loved it more. I hate I that it got so much hate when it first came out because I'm sure that was discouraging to Carpenter. 
And I just hate that because it was such a great movie. I, I just can't believe people back then. Now, I mean, I guess I can. But well, thankfully, you that. know, now it's got a huge call yeah. following. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm glad it's, it does now. It's getting the appreciation. And now it's getting it the appreciation it deserves. Yeah, because so. again, the script writing it has the best ending in horror movie history. It's still talked about to this day. You know, nearly forty years later. Yeah, I'm like what. You know, no. like who was who the, was the thing? You know, yeah. like there's convincing arguments for both sides. The thing is going to be talked about for years after I'm gone. Oh yeah, yeah. So, after long after Marley's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's just it's such an amazing movie it's and timeless. Fact, yeah, it it really is timeless. And again, like I was saying, with the howling, Rob Bottin's effects in this movie just. Oh, just yeah, amazing so good. that poor guy he worked his butt off for this movie and the fact that it doesn't get the appreciation that it deserves until now I feel like is really a slap in the face to everybody who worked on it because yeah. if I was alive back then I would have been seeing it every show and I would have been like oh my gosh this movie's amazing <laughs> yeah like, me too when video stores you know no, became a thing I, I would have been like I would have been written that movie every week be like hey man are you still written the thing can I have that back I got like 10 people asking for it no yeah yeah I wish I was a teenager in the 80s so but, yeah alrighty uh, okay Gorgal what's your number one dead alive yeah <laughs> I yep. that was already a giveaway. Yeah, yep, I have um, a feeling. But I can't help it. It's my fave. And I've, we've done a full review on it. It was one of our first reviews. I think it was one of our first reviews, wasn't it? Or maybe like it was eight like, or so? Yeah, or? somewhere before 10. Somewhere around in there? Before 10. Yeah. I knew it was before 10 somewhere. But yeah, I had been begging Anna to watch this movie, <laughs> dude. And uh, oh, she got me right in the heart because she didn't like it that much. But but she said she needs to rewatch it. I know, I do maybe, need to rewatch it. And maybe give it a better rating. It, or I mean, not say like hers wasn't a good rating. That's her rating. But she just said she wants to give it another chance. Yeah. <laughs> but I love Dead Alive. I, like I said on our review of it, the first time I watched it, it absolutely amazed me. My jaw was to the yeah. floor the whole time. I just, I couldn't get enough of it, dude. I had to show it to everybody. Like, that's just how I am if I watch a new movie and I'm obsessed with it. I have to be like, watch this, watch this, you oh, know. Yeah. And um, and Anna and Hunter are the same way. A lot of people are, I'm sure. You know, you want, when you enjoy something so much, you want to show it to other people. Yeah. And you want to see, you know, them enjoy it too. But, the of course, the gore in it. I can't <laughs> talk about it enough. I know. It's, um, it's gross. It's it's bloody, it's pussy, it's just custardy, it's just, oh, I mean, even from the, like, at the beginning, I mean, you get the open with them, you know, you see that the doctor's going and he's taking this rat monkey back to, he's wanting to take it back to America, and these guys are trying to tell him, like, no, don't do this, you know? And you kind of see that if the rat monkey, like, bites you or if it scratches you, like, that part of you, like, even in that, they do that where they start cutting it off. So, that's kind of yeah. like Day of the Dead. Yeah. So, it, it just starts out bloody and crazy and you're just like, what the heck? Like, you know, why do they not want this monkey, you know, why don't they want this monkey to leave this place? And, uh, and the rat monkey's just disgusting in itself. Yeah. Um, it looks like they use, like, claymation for some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it's at the zoo and, like, the mom gets bit by it. And that's just what sends the whole, the events just going in the mm-hmm. movie. I mean, when she gets bit, it's disgusting. And then she, she squishes its head, dude. And just, like, blood and pus are coming out. It's <laughs> just, ah. Oh. 
I just love it. And I mean, the story in it's great. You have a, a love story going on between, um, is it Paquita? Mm-hmm. Paquita uh, and Nigel. Paquita and Nigel, yeah. Because no, I was, what was I calling him? Oh, uh, wait, now maybe I fucked it up. <laughs> Lionel. Lionel. Lionel, yeah, Lionel. You were calling uh, him Nigel. Nigel. <laughs> you got me fucking. Here we go. Oh, Lord, Lionel and Paquita. But you have like the love story going on with that. You have the dirty uncle who's gross, and he's, like, trying to steal Lionel's, like, uh, house and stuff and his Mm -hmm. money. They end up turning into zombies, and, yeah. I say I'm not, like, a... I'm not as big of a fan of zombies as Hunter and Anna are, but this movie is full of zombies. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... It's just great, and just all the acting in it is, I mean, it's cheesy. It's full of cheese, I'm not going to lie, but I still love all the acting in it. I mean, the freaking uh, priest. Oh, I like, kick ass for the Lord. Yeah, I kick ass for the Lord. Such an iconic and, horror quote, Oh, too. man, and uh, and then you've got the, I think I was going into this earlier, but I got distracted and started talking, you know, getting off on tangents, but... <laughs> You've got the story, you know, with the mom and Lionel, and you get flashes of, like, him, like, seeing her, like, drowning something, but you don't know what it, like, you, and, you know, so it plays out, and you find out that she actually killed his dad, mm-hmm. and uh, he saw it, and so she's, like, been trying to keep him, I think she's kind of trying to been keep, you know, one of the reasons, she's just a control freak, but also, she was trying to keep him close, so... Like, if he was to, like, ever get out from under her and he started remembering stuff and he remembered that and, like, told on her. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that could have been why she was the way she was. But, yeah, she was a crazy mom. But, yeah, and you have the huge titty monster at the end, which I love. Yeah. Uh, which my cousin Amanda has to shout out every time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my cousin Amanda. She has to talk about every time at Christmas. Cause Hunter, <laughs> Hunter got me this shirt at Christmas. And I'm pretty sure... Courtney, his girlfriend, got me another shirt. And, of course, Amanda's like, here we go. She's getting another shirt from that titty monster movie. And I'm like, thanks, Amanda. Thanks. <laughs> but, yes, Dead Alive had to be in my number one pick. A movie has to suck me in the first time I watch it and, and draw me in and keep me entertained the whole movie. And when I'm just left at the end, just like, man like (laughs) yeah that you know that's i don't know that's what makes a movie like really mean something to me and hell yeah yeah. that's a good i figured that was gonna be your number one yeah of course i knew y'all would and well my number one i'm the screen queen (laughs) i knew it it's screen (laughs) yep i figured that's what it was gonna be the screen queen for a reason because i kept expecting it to be in there somewhere and then when it wasn't i'm like it's gonna be Mm -hmm. number one yep i had to i had to it's really the first horror movie. You know, it definitely wasn't the first horror movie I ever saw, but it was the first horror movie that I saw and just fell in love with. And I really kind of understood mm-hmm. what horror was going for. Yeah. And um, I love the mystery of it. I love figuring out who's ghost face every time. Yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah. It was really the resurgence of the slasher genre. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a dead subgenre by the, before Ghostface came around. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was inspired by Kevin Williamson sitting in his house alone, kind of scared. He was watching news stuff about the um, the uh, the Gainesville Ripper. But he yeah. was watching news reports about it, and he called his friend, and that just to calm himself down, he was house-sitting. 
And then they started talking about, you know, oh, what's your favorite scary movie? Because he'd seen them all. You know, yeah. and that's one thing we'd never seen in horror movies is characters who had seen all the horror movies that came before it. Yeah. They were all horror fans. Yeah. Which is what was fun. And right. that's what continues to be fun about these new Scream yeah, movies. exactly. As they go along, like, they love horror in the, in the movie. Just as, yeah. And so I always think that's enjoyable. And yeah, just a too. lot of, it's, it's comedy, too. The comedy in there is great. The, mm-hmm. You know, the quick quips. You know, like we talked about in our faculty episode, Kevin Williamson just captures the teen vibes (laughs) totally so well and writes characters that are, you know, so many characters in a cast and they can be completely flushed out and explained. You know, you know who they are, you know the kind of person they are. I mean, great. I mean, Matthew Lillard. I know. I know. And (sighs) Steve Ulrich and Sydney. She's probably my favorite final girl. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just love it. I'm always going to love it. It's definitely the one that's got the most rewatchability the whole friggin franchise oh really um yeah my love for scream four is right up there too yeah that would be in like a top 25 yeah i had to give it to scream you know the gore is great too yes um it's not as gory as some of the others but the gore that's in it it does it justice yeah you know he's a knifey kind of guy uh but yeah i even love the new ones that have been coming out i love this new cast i love what they're doing with it i do too i want it to keep going so yeah yeah that's my number one. Yay! Yeah, I thought those were great. These those were great, great picks. Yes, those were. So I'm oh, gonna man. I'm gonna name off my six through ten since I went ahead and did that. Yeah, I didn't. So I ten know. is alien. I won't I won't divulge. Okay, yeah, you're fine. Ten is alien. Nine is gremlins. Oh man. Eight is psycho. A seven is Evil Dead Two. Oh. And six is Reanimator. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't know Evil Dead Two was one of your alternates. Oh yeah. Awesome. I'm no. trying to think. I know uh let's see. They Live was one of my alternates. The Howling was one of my alternates. Pearl was one. Her- Hereditary was close. <laughs> it's good. I love Hereditary. Uh, the Thing was one. I don't know. They're kind of leaving. I, maybe that was all of them. But so. Hell yeah. Good picks, guys. Yeah, that was awesome. Great couch sesh. Yeah, it was. Great discussion. Man, awesome. It was. I know next week is going to be the final episode of our Slabathon. Man, I can't believe October is already almost over, it's dude. It's gone by so fast. It, it has. really has. But it's been a lot of fun. Yes, it has like been. Uh, we've made do with what the time we've had. Oh, yeah. We definitely. carved pumpkins last weekend. Yeah, we did carve pumpkins. Hannah hadn't carved pumpkins in forever. Yes, and I had so much she fun. She did. I love getting to pull the guts out. Oh, man. I know, And yeah. then I was like, I was trying to do the pumpkin from Halloween 3 because that's one of my, fa- that's like my, one of my favorite Halloweens. Um, and I was trying to do the pumpkin mask from that and my freaking knife went down too far and I, I cut into sure. one of the, I, like, so the eye was like flowing into the mouth, but it ended up, up looking pretty cool. And is, yeah. Marley and Anna's looked awesome. They did stars and a moon and a moon. stars. Yeah. It was fun. It was it was so much fun. It was fun. And we got fun stuff coming up uh, next weekend. Yeah, we got fun stuff coming and up. And tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, next weekend, finally, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie comes out. Yeah! And we are so hyped, yeah! you guys. The hype is real. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are going to be reviewing that movie next weekend. Yes. Uh, we're all going to watch it on Friday. We're going to opt for the Peacock experience and just kind of chill at home and watch it that way. Yeah. And uh, I think I might go to the theater and see it. 
just to get that oh, theater experience. Yeah. But but for the first night, I'd rather just chill at home and yeah. not have to deal with the craziness. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, we're so hyped for it. We're excited to end spooky yes. season and our slabathon on that note. And uh, we've already got fun stuff planned up for November and December. Yeah. So we do. This is Couch Session number four, episode 34. <laughs> Heck yeah. Our top five Whoa. slash kind of ten. <laughs> yeah. Horror movies. That's not how I'm going to title yeah, it. Yeah, we sure did talk about a lot of other yeah. horror movies. So Our top five kind of hey. slash kind of ten. When you love horror as much as we do, it's, it's just hard. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. Yeah. But it was a good episode, you guys. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Signing off. So I'm your Scream Queens. I'm your Gorgal. I'm your favorite little brother. And we'll see you guys next week. I think we know the rest of the